Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. But before we break open the bread of life, Cameron, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts that we're able to see what we're to see, to hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action? I would love to. Thank you, Father, for being here with us today. Uh, We turn our eyes, our ears, our attention to you, and we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, as we open up the bread of life, that you would speak to us today what it is that we're to hear for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father and the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. So again, once again, this comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out, and behold, the star that they had been seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, I'm just going to pick up right at the end here and And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. Do we pay attention to our dreams? Are there times where we dream something, and then the next day, it's like you're in a situation where you're 
where you're thinking back to, hey, I think I learned a lesson about this last night when I was sleeping. I think there's times where, yes, we just dream a dream, and I think there's other times where we dream, and you know those days you wake up and it's like, there's a message in there. Do we steward those well? Mm-hmm. Do we write them down? Do we do we turn to the Father and say, Lord, I feel like you're trying to say something to me? Or maybe it's just obvious. Um, but I think it's important to steward our dreams. Here's another example in the Bible where they were warned what to do. They had to take action. They had to follow that prompting. They had to be obedient to it. Maybe it was a, a rockier trail to go the other way. But they obeyed that prompting, trusting that that was the right thing to do. So even if it was inconvenient, or even if it went against their plans, um, they they stewarded their dream, and thankfully they did. Yes, because if they went by Herod, Herod seemed all in. He was like, "Hey, bring this back to me. I want to go, and in all humility, I want to I want to give homage, yeah, to the new king, yeah." But you see, spiritual discernment is what the Magi had because they were open to the promptings of the Spirit in a dream or in our inner inner self, in our hearts. Yes. God speaks to us. And then we have a choice. Go by the way of the world and the leaders of the world. Hey, come on back here. Give me that information because, boy, I want to do what you're doing. Yeah. Well, if this king really believed that this was the Messiah, the promised Christ for all Judea, going to be the king for all eternity— he just said, let me come along with you, man. I'm gonna, let me bring all my treasures and everything else. I want to do what you're doing. This is it. The time has come. That's not what he did. That's right. Instead, he plotted to get rid of the Christ child because you know what? That Christ child was going to interfere with the kingdom he built, with his uh, God that he built, which he controlled. Isn't that true for all of us? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we we can come up with plans to build our own kingdoms and it doesn't matter what it is. It it, it could be just a, a simple thing in a you know, there's different environments. There's Job, reputation, all of that. Yeah. And yeah, he's going to interfere because Jesus is king. We we are not the kings here. Uh-uh. He is the king. We he loves us. He brings us in through adoption like we're we're enfolded into him. But Jesus is king. So anytime there's, we put something or we build a kingdom that is going to take our worship, so to speak, our attention, our time, um, yeah, he's going to interrupt those plans uh, because those things, they, they don't last. They don't, they don't stand the test of time. Yeah. And it's a distraction. Yeah. So, I mean, for us being open every day to those promptings, and following those are critically important. Because when we say our yes to Jesus Christ, <laughs> it means a radical change in our in our lives. I mean, everything that we think we can do, a lot of times that's got to change. Because we serve one master, one Lord, one King, one Savior, Jesus Christ. So for me, Lord, I'm all in. As Mary did, so precious. Let it be done to me according to your word. And that's when you invite Jesus into your heart, and that's when you become that vessel, that instrument of Christ in the world, because he wants to live in you, with you, and through you. And in that relationship, he wants that relationship with the Father, because the Father and he are one. 
and we get to cry out, Father, Abba, Daddy. Man, I'm telling you, I'm all in, Lord. Whatever you want me to do, however you want me to be a vessel of your mercy, your compassion in this world, let the Christ child be born in the manger of my heart. Let me let me then go with haste to those in need as, as Mary did. Let me take Christ, the light of the world, and be that light to others that leads to you. I'm all in. It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time we live in. Yeah, I love it. So, so in the middle here said, he sent them to Bethlehem and he said, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, it just reminds me of, we talk about knocking, seeking, and asking, right? Here it is. Search diligently and when you have found him. It's saying search and you will find. Searching is part of it. Part of it is knocking. Part of it is asking. Like that's that's part of the role that we get to play where we, we talk about we want a relationship with him, right? We want him to be a part of every part of our lives. Well, it it takes us. That means we need to take steps in order to pursue that. And part of it is just here. He said, go and search diligently. Are there times where, whether it's at work or at home or with friends or whatever it is, and we say, Lord, I want to see you in this. I want this. I don't know. I have to pick a subject to make it more clear what I'm trying to say. It's uh, like pick your marriage. Lord, I want to see you at work in my marriage. Just saying those words to him is the start of a journey to invite him in and say, Lord, when I do this or she does that and I feel this, then where are you in that? Where does that come from? And invite him into those things as opposed to, hey, I'm strong. I can figure this out. I got this figured out. Hey, this is the way I think it needs to be done. I think we can invite him into the little things like coming home. What, What does that look like? Lord, I want my routine of when I walk in the door coming home to be the best that it can be. I want to bring life to my family. I'm about to walk in the door. What does it look like? I, I, I don't know. It could, could be different on a daily basis, but he loves, I'm telling you, I, I, I felt it and it's hard to describe it. He loves being invited into all of the things. Absolutely. You know, as I read this, so at the Stone Gables Estate, we do the, the, the Christmas light drive-through is the life of Christ in lights. And the Lord put in my heart that next year's storyboards is really the the nativity of the Christ, the story. And so when we read this today, the Lord prompted me to look at the the first reading from the Old Testament that'll be done Sunday morning. And let me read this to you because it's, it's, the mantras God's given me is promises made, promises kept. God made a promise in Genesis 3.15 that a woman to conceive and bear a son, and that son will basically be our, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So for me, here's another promises made, promises kept. This came thousands of years before this event from the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, 60, verses 1 through 6. Listen to the words and see what you see and hear and hear what you hear that takes place at the birth of Christ. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick clouds cover the peoples. But upon you the Lord shines and over you appears his glory. Nations shall walk by your light, that's the Magi, and kings, 
That's why we have kings in our air crashes, our nativity scenes. By the shining radiance, they're following the star. Raise your eyes and look about. They all gather and come to you. Your sons come to you from afar and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow. Here we go again. For the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of the nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels, that's why we have camels in our crashes, in our nativity scenes, shall fill you. Dromedaries from Midian and Ephraim, all from Sheba, shall come bearing gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praises of the Lord. This was a promise prefigured in the book of Isaiah of what was to come, that the Christ child was coming. And here's the the consolation, the, the truth, gold, frankincense, it's here. Dromedaries, kings, people, the light. It's amazing how throughout the whole entire Old Testament, it is prefiguring what's going to happen, the promises of God that's what's going to come. Christ, the salvation of all the world, is coming. And that's what we're reading about today, here, and now. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I'm going to dive back into this. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And just think of what that day was like for for the family, or specifically in this case, for Mary. I, I don't know if people knocked on doors back then. Now, you know, you show up to somebody's house, you knock on the door, ring their doorbell. But just imagine when they open the door, if they had a door, and you have these kings, and you have these treasures, and you have these gifts, and, and camels, and, and dromedaries. Yeah, and, and they're, they're probably dressed pretty nice, but as soon as they did, they saw him, they prostrated themselves, and they did him homage. Like, just imagine, uh, I can imagine a little bit, because we have children, but if somebody comes, knocks on the door, they see the child, and they, you know, they're, they're showing up to pay homage, and they're laying prostrate. This is just, a, in my opinion, just another heavenly kiss for Mary and for the family. Um, so unique. The one person, nobody before, nobody after, that the Holy Spirit had come upon and uh, produced the child. And I, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't give us, in the Scripture, it doesn't give us their routine of every day. Right, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Were there sleepless nights? Was he? Uh, how is he with teething? How is he? Just all the things, right? We we don't know all of it, but then you have a moment like this where these people are showing up, and I don't know. Maybe she hadn't uh, had a heavenly kiss in the last two days. I don't know that. I'm not saying she did or didn't have a heavenly kiss every day, but you have a moment like this, and it's like, that's right. That's right. There's something bigger here. This is this is uh, part of the story, and and I think I think we get those heavenly kisses on a daily basis. Uh, some are bigger than others. Some are more obvious than others. But they're all to remind us. I think of the bigger picture. Absolutely. And again, as I keep looking at this. Uh typology where back in the Old Testament it's prophesied, promises kept, or promises given, promises kept. And it's right here. It says um, when they say about Bethlehem, and you know, what is it about Bethlehem? And it says, well, it's here. 
And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Well, Jesus is the shepherd that leads his people. Where? To the eternal home of heaven. And again, we look at where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. What does Bethlehem mean? City of bread. What is Jesus? The bread of life. All these words matter. All these things matter. They all point to Christ, who is our Savior, our King. And when we look at King Herod, he realizes, guess what? He's king? No. Christ is king. He's going to have to abdicate his kingship Mm -hmm. and be subservient to the true king. And what does he do? He sets out to destroy the king and slaughters all the children, two years old and younger, to get rid of the king so that he doesn't have to give up. Well, you know, that's like you and I. When Jesus comes into our life, it, it calls for a radical change. We need to be transformed and transfigured into Christ. That means, and I always like this, this purgation word, that means to have purged from you anything that's not of Christ and perfected in you anything that is. And that call comes from the fire of God's love, comes from 1 Corinthians. Either that stuff's wood and hay and stubble's got to be burned off and there'll be suffering, or it's gold and silver, which still has to be refined that the impurities come out. Why? Because God wants us and we have to purely reflect Christ before we can enter heaven. It's impossible for man, but for God, all things are possible. Book of Revelations tells us nothing unclean shall enter heaven. We don't wear a Jesus suit. He starts in our heart and purges from us anything that's not of Christ and perfects in us anything that is. And it's all done with the fire of God's love. Is there suffering? Yeah, it's painful to get rid of some habits. It's true. It's painful to change my language. It's painful to think that I didn't do that. That everything that I've done was done by Christ choosing freely to use me. So do I give him all glory and all honor? At Mass this past Sunday, Father was challenging us, what were you grateful for? You know, it's it's New Year's Day. What are you grateful for last year? And somebody said, oh, 11 things, and somebody else said something else. And I'm sitting in the pew, and I'm thinking, infinitesimal. I couldn't sit here and name all the things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful to wake up. I'm grateful to take a breath. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful. I, 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 it's infinitesimal. And then the Lord speaks to my heart and says, well, let me ask you a question, David. Are you grateful for the trial that I'm allowing you to go through? And I went, whoo. <laughs> you know what, Lord? I am. Because through that trial, I'm growing, I'm learning, and now I know you'll use it to help others. It's painful. It's not something I would have signed up for. (laughs) But you know what, Lord? You know what? I am grateful because you chose me. And I know you'll not forsake me. You won't leave me. And you'll use this for good. So you know what, Lord? Yes, I'm grateful. Wow. That's precious. Yeah, there's so many times. It's easier easier to look back on a time where you went through something and say, hey, I'm I'm grateful that I I learned or I now have a 
a skill set or now I, I have discernment in certain areas, but at the time going through them, uh, that's when it's not as easy to say, I'm grateful for this. So yeah, that's a good reminder as we're walking out the day to day, doesn't matter if everything's good news or some things are not good news. Um, looking for those opportunities to be grateful because there's a learning lesson in each of it. And and what's the reason? We don't know. It could be because 20 years from now, um, you're going to have an opportunity to speak to somebody's life and teach them something, and it's going to change their trajectory. You wouldn't have picked up those things to talk with them about unless we walk through the trials. And it's a, it's a daily thing. It's a, it's a daily journey. I should say. It's, uh, yeah, w- one of the things I'm speaking more to myself to be cautious of is understanding it's a daily journey. It, it's never to the point where I've arrived, right? It's not this, aha, I got it. And I'm thinking of, I, I remember just talking with you about this recently. It's like that moment where Peter says, or Jesus is talking with Peter, or the disciples says, who am I? And Peter reveals uh, you're, you're Christ, and he says, well, <laughs> human didn't reveal that to you. My, My heavenly Father revealed that yeah. to you. And then the next sentence is, get behind me, Satan. So, yeah, it, it, oftentimes it's in those bigger moments where it's like, aha, I got that one right. Okay, well, just hold on. That doesn't mean like— You haven't arrived you, yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's the— what we're talking about also comes with a warning. It's it's a daily journey today. It's going to be a daily journey tomorrow. It's going to be a daily journey a year from now. Yeah, and again, that word perfe- or purgation, I'm so grateful for where, when I started at age 46, I'm now almost 65. I turned 65 this month. Whoa. It's amazing how I can see the change and how people see the change. But let me tell you what, it is a journey. We look at the Magi. You understand that they they looked for the sign. When they saw the sign of the star, they journeyed. We don't know if it was one year, two years. We don't know that. We know it's somewhere in that realm because they came from all over the world. Right. And it doesn't say three. It just says magi. So these are people that look for the signs. Well, you, this bring it forward to today, you hear a story, you see a sign, of Christ, well, guess what? That's only the beginning of your journey because lip service, just saying the words, is merely lip service. It doesn't last long. No, it doesn't. And then, so then you journey and your journey of life through every day and everything we go through, stop and say, Lord, what do you want to teach me? You shared about dreams, Cameron. I was thinking, you know, there's probably been about seven dreams that I've had that have been prophetic. They were for others, they were for me. That's all that I remember. That, but when I wake up and remember them, I mean, it is vivid. And there's, and then God uses them. I mean, it was amazing the different ones I've had. But I need to really stop because you know what? I'm probably missing a lot of them because I don't ask God. Okay, I had this dream. What was that? What did that mean for me? So I think it's important for us in our daily reflection in the evening, when the morning we wake up. Lord, I had this dream, and this was it. What did it mean for me? And it may have been nothing. But if we don't ask the question, we're not going to know the answer. And the help God wants to give us, we're not going to get it. So, and everything I go through in life, both from a dream or in life experience, I want to learn. 
Because if I don't learn, I can't teach. But if I learn, then I can teach, then I can help others. Then Christ can truly flow through me the way he wants to. Yeah. As you're sharing that, I'm reminded of a story. A co-worker years ago, uh, somehow we got talking about dreams, and uh, you know he was challenging me, and he was saying, "I listen, it all sounds good, but I, you know I'm not buying it. That there's significance to it." He said, "For example, I remember my dream last night. It didn't make any sense. I was driving my car. I pulled up to a four-way intersection, and this red truck came from the side and ran the stop sign and." you know, almost hit me and it woke me up and it ruined my sleep. And it, you know, tell me the spiritual significance to that one. And I said, listen, I don't know. I said, I said, what if, I don't know this, but what if it was a warning? Maybe the next time you pull up to a four-way intersection, be a little cautious. I, I I don't know what it is. Well, I get a call that night that he pulled up to his four-way intersection at his house and a red truck ran the stop sign, and if he wasn't entering that intersection with caution, uh, it, it probably wouldn't have been good because the truck was going really fast. So that series of events, and listen, I, I w- when I was answering saying, I don't know what it was, um, I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit was speaking through me because truly my brain wasn't smart enough to come up with Maybe it's a caution. Maybe it's a warning. I, I don't know. I, I'm convinced that some dreams can be warning based on that experience, but it was beautiful because that started a faith journey. Uh, it opened the door to having conversations with this coworker where before it was almost like, yes, I would share, but he would criticize or he would say, you know, it, it, and that moment was like, Listen, I don't know what happened, but that series of events, you you can't make that stuff no. up. I, I want to talk more about it. What What is this thing you call faith? Yep. And I was riding a car to Mass one time with a friend of mine. He hadn't gone months, but he wanted to go that day. And on the way to, to Mass, I said to him, I said, you know, I had this dream last night. I said, I don't understand it because I'm, it's not about me, I don't think, because I don't have thoughts about, you know, another woman, you know, I'm married. I don't understand. I went through this whole dissertation of this dream, and the guy didn't say anything. When I was done, he said... David, that dream was for me. Whoa. I was going to step out. I was on this internet chat, and I was going to fall. That dream was for me, and the warning was for me. I didn't know that. Right. That man hadn't gone to Mass for me in months. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, God's going to give us promptings. God's going to give us things. Ask him what what we're to learn, and then let him use you to be an instrument and a vessel of his love in this world. God bless each and every one of you. Happy New Year. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.